Hello and welcome, fellow osmologists, to Osmology. I'm Sue. And I'm Ben. And in this episode, we're back with an update on our journey toward total and radical accountability. We seriously need a sound effect for when we say that. It's like, I don't know if it's like an explosion or angelic music. I don't know, something. Maybe both. Yeah. Yeah, right. (laughs) Exploding angels. Yeah, I see like like (laughs) angels in like character of Chuck Norris or something. Chuck Norris angels? Yeah. Those are things, right? They are now. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so for next time. For next time. That's part of, that'll be part of the production (laughs) of this whole thing. But for now, after our last episode where we ate crow um, for 45 minutes. Got to keep us humble, right? It's true. Um, I don't know if we could get more humble, honestly. (laughs) This might be true. (laughs) But... It is. It feels amazing to come back and have something to share, um, instead of having to go back to that old chestnut of <laughs> "Hey, we're being honest again." That does feel good. <laughs> that does feel good. And hopefully, we don't have to do that anymore. Uh, but if we do, we will. Uh, but yeah, we talked uh, in our episode in, uh, entitled "Getting Back on Track." We talked about recentering ourselves on the challenge and figuring out next steps from there. And Sue. You mm-hmm. had an idea, but you gave me the choice to either learn all about it or step to the side and take the ride with the rest of the team, which I happily did. Yes, you sure did. And now that I know your opinions on some things, right? Mm-hmm. So we ended up doing it. Spoilers. We ended up doing a survey. I can explain to you why we did it mm-hmm. and what our, uh, what our end game for this part of the process is. Um, and you, because you have the show notes in front of you, there is no big secret that we're going to talk about uh, our team being functional. Right. And you actually even said it in the last episode, which, side note, do you listen to the episodes? Uh, not all of them. Okay. Um, being totally honest, I only listen to them when I'm listening to something else. And okay. conveniently, the app notifies me that a new episode of Awesomeology is out. And every now and then I'll actually click on it and okay. at least start to listen. And um, I guess depending on what it is, what we're talking about, I'll be like, yeah, I want to listen to all this and make sure that yeah. we at least sound like we know what we're talking about. <laughs> um, or I'll get into it and be like, oh, yeah, I, I remember what we talked about. I'm good. I don't need to listen to the rest of this. So the short answer is yes and no. Sometimes. It's all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. I Now that Nick is doing the producing, mm-hmm. you know, I always did listen back. But since we've passed that on to Nick, I had to, I actually had to admit to him when he's like, oh, well, so there's this one thing at, you know, whatever, like halfway through. And I, I don't remember exactly what it was you said. You know, you listened to it. What did you say? I'm like, I, Nick, I don't listen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm so sorry. So I felt bad. So I listened. Anyway, <laughs> is the point. And you talked about the fact that there are... Uh, these in the book revolutionized teamwork he talks about sort of seven steps to accountable mm-hmm. right and the first five steps have to do with making sure you have a functional team right. once you have a functional team you can move on to that sort of that radical accountability right which we have coded yeah quote unquote uh, <laughs> and um I really got to thinking after we were talking, like, what are we stuck on? 
And I know I knew for me what I was stuck on is I felt like there were gaps in some of that those functional areas. Now, the important thing to tell people right now is that our team is functional. Right. We do work. People ask us for things. We do the things, and then the things go back to the people, and they get their things. Right. And there's a difference between functional and accountable. Maybe that's what you're getting to. (laughs) Well, first of all, I don't want anybody to think that I was questioning whether we were functional. Sure. I I know people do their work, and they do good work Mm -hmm. on our team. Um, But the book outlines five really specific areas that create a functional quote unquote functional that sets the uh, that sets the stage for accountability. Mm-hmm. And so you can have a team that is functioning and it can still have gaps in terms of these five areas. Right. If that makes sense. So what what I did is look at what those five areas are and thought about what are the best ways I can ask a question that gets to any gaps that we might have. And also like what, what are the things that I'm worried about? Where are the gaps that I think I see? And can I ask questions that either confirm or don't confirm that the rest of the team sees the same thing? Mm -hmm. So what I thought we could talk about today is to start because we have not, I have the data haven't gone over it with the team. Felt like the team should hear what they think before I tell anybody else. <laughs> but I think this gives us a good opportunity to talk about what are those areas of functionality yeah. and what do they mean. Yeah. And then next time we can talk about the survey. Perfect. Boom. Sounds great, right? Sounds awesome. So the first step to a functional team is one we have talked about multiple different times. And that is, do we have a clear and commonly accepted purpose? So we talked about our accountability statement on maybe every episode we've done so far. Yeah, I think so. Uh, and that the first question was on the survey was, what is our accountability statement? Now, I'm going to give away, away something to you because I know what your answer was. Yeah. And um, this will be the one thing that I will say that the, I'll also tell the team, spoilers, nowhere in the survey did it say you couldn't go find it. Sure. <laughs> so I asked the question, what is our accountability statement? Yep. And 50% of us did not know what it was. The other 50% of us probably went, including me, <laughs> <laughs> went and copied and pasted it yep. and put it in there. And the, the question really was, what is it and what does it mean to you? Right. Right? So everyone that didn't know it, didn't put it down word for word, circled it, right? Sure. They were close to it. Yeah. And were and also were beautifully transparent. <laughs> I don't know it word for word for word, but yeah. it is, you know, these things. It includes is, these things and right. here's what it means to me. Yep. Right. That was my answer. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, that just to start out the survey was interesting. And to be honest with you, I I did that deliberately so that we could have a conversation about tools. The tool is available to us. Mm -hmm. No, we don't have it memorized. Yeah. But we have talked 
in a number of different conversations, where is it? What does it say? How can you go find it when you don't know it? Mm-hmm. And I just think that it opens up this idea of um, you don't you don't have to have everything that you need immediately at your fingertips 24 hours a day. Right. What you need to know is where you get the tool when you need it. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. So that one, that was a sneaky one. But, yeah. but here we are. Yeah. I did it. Lots of purpose behind it. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. So we have this accountability statement which talks about us being advocates and apostles and um, really being the people who uh, support and advocate for the brand and not and it's it extends across any brand that we work with right right um and most people got pretty close to that that's our purpose mm-hmm. so the next step then is do we have a consistent and useful way to measure if we're meeting that purpose right um and the the book goes to great length to explain that you can't be accountable to what your purpose is if you don't know what it is, if you don't know how to measure it, if you don't know how to get to that point. Um, So my question for you is, now that we're having this discussion, (laughs) um, how can you, how would you think you can measure something like that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think um, knowing the kind of business that we are and the people and organizations that we help like the one of the first things that comes to mind with me is like a a satisfaction or a perceived satisfaction right so if we're helping you know because at the end of the day a lot of the work that we do is helping organizations grow achieve their goals whatever and but whatever (laughs) within those organizations are people that we're helping right so that's why i threw the word perceived in there because um we might be helping one person at that organization do their job better or, you know, take a load off their plate, you know, whatever. So, um, you know, if the work that we're doing is either not at all contributing to the organization's success or loosely contributing to the organization's success or maybe entirely mm-hmm. contributing to it, what really matters is whether or not that person feels it, you know, cause right. they chose to hire us, right. Or that group of people, if it was a board or a department or something, right. So, um, at the end of the day, the connection to what we do in a, an organization's success or growth or whatever could be arbitrary. It could be only locked inside the feelings of the person that hired mm-hmm. us. Um, now hopefully there's something else like, you know, dollars or you know growth or something that is a bit more measurable and black and white Um, but we also know that in marketing those things don't always exist so for us like i think whether those things exist or not somebody's satisfaction with the work that we're doing for them is something that we can get a measurement on Mm -hmm. right are you happy with how we're helping you is what we're doing relieving stress or giving you time to do other things that you want to do you know whatever there's a bunch of questions we could ask to get to the to understanding whether or not the people that we work for or with are happy mm-hmm. and satisfied with us, right? So that's that's one. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, there's all that other stuff, like business results, the bottom line, membership growth, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. It really, I think, is a good exercise every time to be asking ourselves, 
how can we tell how can we help this person see if this is driving results if it's you know moving the needle mm-hmm. how do we help them make that connection knowing that ROI is very often a big fuzzy overwhelming idea in marketing right right, right. Um, another thing I think of is you know when we think about advocating for a brand in terms of measurement and now I don't love the idea of having to tattle on ourselves every time but there are things that we let slide we make a decision we're like okay fine fine do that in purple sure (laughs) (laughs) it's not your color it's the wrong font we know it should be blue but yeah yeah, fine purple but i'm tired (laughs) i can't um and maybe it's not that outright but i think there are things that we become permissive about um and maybe because it is easier to particularly when we're talking about clients um, it's easier to allow the client, like customers always write sort of attitude, than it is to say, "We let's talk about your brand. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about the long-term ramifications. Yes, I know you want to talk about ROI, but let's talk about sure. <laughs> the long-term ramifications of you making choices like this and making a habit of it. Yeah. And if you, if after we have that conversation, you want to do this thing in purple today? You do that. But I wouldn't be doing my job as an advocate for your brand if I didn't talk to you about how many times people go, oh, well, why don't you just do it? Now do it in orange and now do it in, you know, now let's put Comic Sans on it as a font. <laughs> right. And, right. You know, so yeah. that I, it, it seems yucky to start to make tally marks of, like that's when we let go and that's when we let go. But it's a measurement. Yeah. Yep. It's a measurement. And, you know, if we're gonna stay true to the work that we do and the, you know, our purpose and what we say our purpose is, you know, there there may just be times when a rela- a relationship just doesn't make sense, right? Mm-hmm. I mean if you know, as the professionals and as the people that say, you know, this is your brand and here's some things that you need to consider that we need to do to do our best work for you if there's constant resistance to that or that's always overlooked and stuff you know at the end of the day our name is on the work too you know so um while whether that's you know in plain sight or not you know we're attached to it so you know we do need to make the decision as to whether or not we're comfortable with that and that's that is an example of the kind of work that we do and how we do it that is very clearly attached to our accountability statement Mm -hmm. there's also examples and we have some recent ones very recent ones where um somebody's process or um response time or how willing they are to get something on the calendar (laughs) might prohibit us doing our best work and Mm -hmm. that's another reason maybe from time to time to say this just isn't going to work, you know, like yeah. we're, I think that's a way for us to deliver, you know, there's lots of agencies and providers and stuff that talk about their clients as partners, you know, and the level of reality or honesty or how much truth there is in using that term partners, I think varies from provider to provider, right? 
we've not necessarily done that. Um, and I think it's maybe because of where we're at as an organization and growing and, you know, kind of like finding ourselves Mm -hmm. through that growth, um, where, you know, we don't, we haven't said that. Um, but if we did, I would only want to do it in like the truest, most genuine Mm -hmm. way. And if someone wasn't being a partner, then it's time for us to not work together. Right. You know, that's really tough for any business to say, whether you've been around for a little bit or a lot of it, whether you're making a little money or a lot of money. Um, but, um, particularly for a business that's maybe in the growth stage or finding itself, it's more difficult to even envision kicking a client out, right. Mm -hmm. Or saying no to a potential partnership, but maybe that's something that has to happen if the work that you're doing or the way that it's happening is it doesn't fit your systems. It doesn't fit your processes. Those are huge red flags that you need to be aware of as a provider. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and we, we have some experience with, um, with clients that didn't, uh, I don't know why the phrase get with the program is the only thing that comes <laughs> to, but basically asked, paid us for our advice, paid us for our work, um, didn't follow it, didn't do, um, didn't do the things or even try right. to follow that and then didn't know why it didn't work. Yeah. And then that, that is a client we don't have anymore. Right. And that's not, that's never to say, well, if you had done the thing that we said, it would have been successful. Right. But boy, if you don't do anything, you sure are not, it's not going to be. Right. You know. Exactly. Yeah. There's responsibility on both sides in a situation like that, for sure. I mean, I can't help but look back at those kind of situations and be like, yeah, we, we probably should have recommended something different or simplified it or done something. Maybe just, maybe we missed the mark on creating buy-in on the thing mm-hmm. that we were doing for them so that they did the thing that we right. said they should do or, right. you know, as their consultant or as their hired help, um, they would have followed through or whatever. Right. And, um, probably dancing around the topic because we want to be respectful of yeah. everyone yeah. involved, but yeah, and it's, it's hard not to, especially because of the people we are, it's hard not to second guess. Did we do everything? Right. Um, and it also serves as this really great example of, there's this possibility that we could have done everything. We could have done other things, maybe. Yeah. Um, but also maybe not. And maybe that's just someone who, you know, they weren't ready to be a partner. Right. Yep. And, you know, hopefully they will in the future. Yeah. You know. Right. But moving on. Moving on. <laughs> okay. We're on the number three, um, which who is... Does our team have competent people? Such an easy topic. Yeah, so simple. <laughs> and and will be so easy to talk about right. in public with our team. Well, we said that right at the beginning of this whole process, right? Like all of this was going to be super, super easy. Super simple, yeah. yeah, yeah so, yeah, yeah. I mean, just another example right here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I really love this question. And actually, I, I stole another concept that was sort of an epiphany for me from another piece of the... Um, of the leadership training. Uh, so to hear this same concept in two different lectures was interesting. Mm. Um, but And that lecture was about coaching. And it started with this idea that when you're coaching someone, you have to start with the idea. You have to go into coaching with the assumption that the person you're about to talk to is innately creative and competent. If you walk into that discussion 
either thinking that they are incompetent or unable to create the things they need to create, you can't coach them. Uh, because you are always going to you're always going to be holding something back, um, and when you talk about leadership and coaching and the mindset that can create, you could be coaching that person toward another job. Sure. If you don't think that they are competent to do your job, so this as you know coming up as the third part of having a functional team was really eye-opening for me to think, yeah, no, well, we have to all assume. What we have to talk about is, do we all assume everyone can do the work? Mm -hmm. Because once you establish everyone on the team thinks we can all do the work, then you can talk about gaps. You can talk about, is there not, is knowledge missing? Is there, um, are there certain responsibilities that need to be shifted? Is there a process? Uh, but until everyone agrees, yes, we're all competent, there's no point. You do, and teams do, talk about uh, have people they think are incompetent on the team and then dance around it. Right. Say, well, what if we change the process? Well, it doesn't matter if you change the process if the person's inherently incompetent. Right. So. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, that competence thing? Well, I, I mean, the first thing that just comes to mind is how important it is and incredibly difficult at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, because you, you know, thinking of how like the battle that I had in my head as I was filling out the survey, like trying to like be honest and, you know, answer, you know, in a real and transparent way, like you can't mask competency with like potential you know what i mean so like just because you're hopeful that somebody can become competent or learn something or whatever the question is does our team have competent people so mm -hmm. like you're kind of looking at right now what you have this moment right and if the answer is no like you need to be clear about that because like you said like until you can get to agreement on yes you can't address any of the other gaps you know so um i'm, I'm super interested and afraid and all of that to like have this discussion with our team because you know it's a real conversation that has to happen mm -hmm. um and you know people's personal insecurities or you know their reality of what their competencies are or aren't kind of have to all be thrown out into the table for us to answer the question in a real way and move on as a team and that ain't gonna be easy right, right. <laughs> so yeah. Well, and what sort of excites me about it, though, is it gives us, once we can get past that, right, once we, once we can all sit together and say, okay, um, everyone here thinks everyone else is competent. So number one, friends, you don't ever have to question if the people on our team think you're competent. Right. That's out the door. Everybody thinks you can do it. Um, Number two, that means we're going to treat you like you're competent. So it is, it's exciting and challenging. That means we can approach each other in a way that uh, gets, that gets rid, of, rid of some of the, I don't know, what, it, like some of the excuses we make for other people before we even have a conversation, Yeah. right? Yeah. So we can, we can say, yeah, I know you're going to figure that out. Yeah. Um, and I, it's part of talking about those real issues too. So 
I believe you're competent. If the thing you're missing is information, you've got to talk about it. Right. So you're not going to get to do I'm incompetent and use that as an excuse. <laughs> <laughs> so the challenge is then to become more honest with each other yeah. and say, I know I could do this, but I'm afraid to tell you I don't know how to do it. Hmm. So. Right. Yeah. I think it will be exciting. And I, I think I am probably, uh, I think I'm probably giving away the answer to how everyone answered that question. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so. But we can dive into that more next time. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. Um, and I, I do, I'm really, like you said, excited to see what that means for the team to know that um, now I just need, I just need to respond with honesty when something right. is given to me because the assumption is that I'm competent. Yeah. <laughs> um, and either say, I need more information. I don't know how to do that. Whatever. Right. And right. here we go. Gaps identified, information clarified, all the things that are needed to keep things moving forward instead of the unspoken right. that can really hold people back, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and teams and back. Being, being someone who uh, I can be really hard on myself, my natural assumption goes to, like, I don't know how to do that. I can't figure this out. Therefore, I'm incompetent. Hmm. So just us all having this having a conversation, I think there are other people on the team that might feel the same way. Being able to say, yeah, nobody's ever going to tell you you're incompetent here. Um, so get past that, and P.S., don't tell yourself that. Right, right. Because uh, nobody here believes it. Yeah, you're the only one that thinks it. <laughs> yeah, you're right. the only one who thinks it, and it's because you're having a bad day. Yeah. <laughs> so verbalize the question yeah. instead of pooping on yourself. Yeah. So, yeah. So nice. I think that'll be very good. Number four, I don't, I did not want the answer to this, but is do we have processes in place to help us achieve our purpose? And uh, I think this is one of our weaknesses. That's my personal opinion. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, same. I mean, without getting into the answers of the survey, like I was excited to answer this one because I knew that by us agreeing as a team um, that we don't, which I'm assuming there's some level of agreement on the team that that's the case. Then we get stuff out there and talk about what processes need to be developed or enhanced or you know, created, right? Right. So, and, you know, we. I also am more excited about this than dreading the answer of it because we have talked about process stuff recently as a team um, and probably thanks to um, a lot of this work that we're doing right now, right? Like incorporating this into our planning at the end of last year and stuff. We've talked about some processes, so I don't think it'll come to a shock, uh, come as a shock to anyone on the team that um, this is an area of improvement for us, something that we need to focus on, prioritize. Um, so I'm I'm less concerned about the reality that we're in and everyone being on the same page about it i am concerned about us doing it, something right. about it right like prioritizing right. it making time for it because that's that work that like we're not including that on an invoice for a customer or yeah. for a client right like uh you helped us develop this process at the same time though some processes are developed when you're actually like working on real stuff right so mm -hmm. And we need to take advantage of those opportunities and then also be real and um, prioritize right. process development. It's incredibly important. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and uh, 
as a Lean Six Sigma certified. Oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> she's she's totally flexing right now. Uh, I should. We should have she a got bell bo- for every time because I know I've brought that yeah. up. Before. She's got both arms up. She's flexing yeah. on. I'm actually wearing my green belt under, right. under yeah. this. Um, and you get a belt with that, like a real belt. You know what? The person who did our training made us belts. That is beautiful. Made us nice little belts. Cool, love it. Yeah. Don't ask me where mine is. Okay. <laughs> but when you start to look at processes through the lens of process improvement, and you understand uh, the difference between the thing that the one transaction that maybe happens between you and I and the whole life cycle of the process, I think it's a blessing and a curse because uh, sometimes we will have these conversations on the team and it will be, uh, there will be agreement of like, oh no, it's fine if I have to do this thing and I just give it to that person and everything's fine. Well, that is one transaction in an entire process. Right. And if we have barriers to get that to you if we have um, barriers after you've given it to this other person you're not addressing the problem possible problem in in the process Mm -hmm. so uh i think i think i view it differently than but we've talked about this before a lot of the rest of the team is focused on tasks and um Sometimes I'm focused on tasks, but a lot of the time it is, it's more a step removed from tasks and it's easier when you're a step removed from those tasks to see the process, um, in its entirety and think about it and think like, how did we get where we are? Um, and there's also this, uh, aspect that some of the processes that get us to success start and end outside of our team. Mm, And that can be scary to talk about because it can be, and it sort of leads us to our fifth, our fifth uh, question, which talks about shared fate. Um, If we, we could have pristine processes inside the team, but if we can't get the thing to us to do the work, or if when we're done with the work, it doesn't get where it needs to go, the process is flawed. Right. And that means the shared fate of the entire organization is at risk. Right. So speaking of shared fate, you ready to talk about it? I think so. So the the question that I asked on the survey was, if one person on the team fails, does the whole team fail? Mm -hmm. Or can the team still succeed if one person fails? And what did you say? Man, I don't remember. You know how long ago I took that survey? Well, what do you think now? Sitting here, what do you think you said? Um, I mean, right now, like my, if I was answering it right now, I would say like, the answer is not yes. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't know that the team feels a true shared fate. At times, with certain things, mm-hmm. et cetera, et cetera, like, yeah, probably. But definitely not all the time in a true, like, consistent way where it's a true, like, team shared fate. You know what I mean? I think, and I don't know, without diagnosing the problem right here, um, I think there's a number of reasons why 
I can't just give a straight, you know, like, yeah, 100% shared fate, our team. We got mm-hmm. it, you know. So. Well, yeah. you know what? I think Short answer is no. The, uh, it's in the business world. Um, it is pretty normal not to really have, because we judge everyone individually in the business world, right? Mm-hmm. So I can be an excellent employee, and you can tell me I'm an excellent employee. Now would be a great time to tell me I'm an excellent employee. (laughs) Stand by, audience. (laughs) Um, And our team could fail. But I could, you know, I could basically stand to the side. In my position, this isn't what I would do if I were um, on the creative team. Um, I could be a great designer. And the team could still fail. Mm. And you could still tell me I'm a great designer. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't matter for the team right. that I'm good at my job if I let everyone else down. Yeah. So I do, I agree with you. Spoilers. I agree with you. <laughs> that I, and I think we, for our team, it would be about talking about the definition of failure because. I can make a mistake and the team survives. Yeah. Um, but I can't absolutely tank. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I can't completely fail. Mm-hmm. And st- and the team still allow itself to be called successful. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we live in reality, so we know that individuals are going to fail. Um, team, right. Teams are going to fail every now and then too, right? And as long as that's shared failure... Maybe that's the one way where it's acceptable. Right. Um, but it's interesting that you use the word survived when you talk about, you know, I could fail, but the team could survive. You know, like you could fail and the team could be perceived as completely successful, mm-hmm. you know, like and and everything in between. Right. 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 So side note on this and maybe something to dive into in the next episode when we talk about our results. But I think another thing that's like informing me as I think about this question is maybe a personal insecurity about um, like my individual perception, right? So mm-hmm. like if something that the team puts out there is not perceived as successful or just is straight up not successful. Um, but the things that I interact with more often or the people that I talk to more often or something have the opposite perception. Um, you know, I, I think I have this, I have this personal fear of getting too much credit for what the team does Mm -hmm. or getting credit that's focused solely on what I do or the way that I interact with people or the kind of work that I do, what they see me doing. And, less attached to what the whole team does therefore yeah ben's great and does good work and everything the team eh, not so much when really it's like well ben is a part of that team so like you can't say that about ben if you can't say that about that team you know what i mean and like i think i have a personal i'm personally really concerned about um how that all plays Mm -hmm. together and what people's one, what people's perception is, and two, what the reality is, right? Like right. at the end of the day, if somebody's perception of whether or not we're doing good work or not doing good work or succeeding or not is probably, well, definitely less important than what the reality is, but also sometimes the perception is the reality, right? Right, so, right. Yeah, yeah, so a little rambling there, but maybe something to dive into next time. I think for us, we 
it's important to try to find a place where we look at this with like a capital S success and a mm. capital F failure, right? Mm. So you can make a mistake, all thing, a project can not get the desired results. Um, and those things fit in the daily life of a marketing team. Right. Um, but success, the capital S success is what we're building toward, which would be, um, I, again, meaningful me measurement, right? right? So some statistically important number of things we do, uh, having data that says they succeeded, having a good perception around them, Etc. Right. Um, and capital F failure would be that number transposed. So sure. a statistically important number of those things just being absolute bombs. Right. Um, and you have to you have to track all of that. You have to pay attention to all of that to know are we capital S successful or are we capital F failing? Mm -hmm. As opposed to like I didn't like the picture that they put in that thing. And so to me, that was a failure. They, sure. You know? Yep. Yeah. Those, are, those are little things. Those are kind of baby, baby steps. But if we consistently deliver things that people don't like, then, you know, then we're pushing ourselves toward failure. Right. Yeah. That'll be fun to unpack. That, it will be fun to unpack. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my TED Talk, yeah. as always. You know I enjoy it. <laughs> I'm your number one fan, Sue. I'm at all your TED Talks. You are. You <laughs> actually are. And I am sorry about that. So, okay. So that was it. That Those are awesome. the five steps to functional teams. Do yeah. we have a clear and commonly accepted purpose? Do we have a consistent and useful way to measure if we're achieving the purpose? Does our team have competent people? Do we have processes in place to help us achieve our purpose? And do we have a shared fate? And I just thought I would repeat them. So they were all in one spot for people. If they want to write them down, write them down. Come right. on. Yeah. Take a note. I started taking notes. It's 2023. That's what we're doing. Yeah. <laughs> You're like an OG note taker now. I mean, you started doing that like 2022. 2022. Like late 2022 yeah. already. Right. I was taking Oof. notes. I know, right? So do we discuss barriers now or all that aside? I think, uh, I think we should talk about what's next. So I so, know what's next is uh, that we're going to review those results with the team. Right. Go over that. And uh, and then the fun part. And then the fun part. Talk about what are the action steps right. to fill in any gaps. Yeah. Um, I think it's I, one of the things that I'm really working hard to do is to not walk into that with preconceived notions yeah. of what I think the action steps are. Right. And you know that that runs contrary to every fiber of my being. <laughs> yeah. I want to walk into that room with solutions. Yeah. And Well, I assume that you won't be the only person in the room doing that. Well, I know that because I also have the same concern. <laughs> and everybody took the survey, right? So mm -hmm. as soon as they know that this debrief is going to happen, they're going to start thinking about what did I share in the survey? What are the solutions to fix the things that I mentioned in the survey that need fixing? You know, right. what are the gaps, you know? So everybody's going to have that challenge. I'm really curious about um, when it does come time to solutions or gap identification and stuff, how do we prioritize? Because mm -hmm. 
we um, and we're not special or so broken or anything like that <laughs> every team has opportunity to fill in the gaps to mm-hmm. create improvement and um whether we have a list of three or 30 which one which one's first right i'm excited to see how we get to that and i'm super excited to know that we're even talking about it you know this yeah. is how we get to that accountable team thing right so what happens if we go into that conversation with the survey results and it's crickets? Well, this is where maybe we need to talk about some ground rules, right? Yeah. Like crickets are unacceptable. No crickets. <laughs> you know, like, we have, I mean, and, you know, we're at the end of the day, we're talking about teams, right? And mm-hmm. if we don't hear from the team, um, we're probably not doing it right. Yeah. So I think, yeah, maybe some ground rules or expectations will help and you know not that we need to force anyone um or expect 100 percent participation with every single question that's asked in the room but we got to hear from everyone you yeah. know a, a, a acceptable amount right what that is and how we get to that well maybe have to chat a bit before that meeting happens to make sure that we're on the same page and hearing from everyone but it'll be important yeah yeah that's always that's always my number one concern going into and and frankly no tea no shade to our team that is anywhere any meeting I go into that I know that I am responsible to get buy-in and engagement feedback anything yeah yeah for sure yeah yeah and that can definitely be the initiator for the downward spiral of what's wrong with me (laughs) why won't people talk what am I not saying right and yeah like you said not just our team any Mm -hmm. any meeting anything you're leading or where what you're hoping to learn is critical to what you're trying to do whether it's your job or a volunteer thing you're supporting or making your spouse or partner happy like (laughs) oh no I stopped doing that oh okay I'm done with that oh nice yeah Yeah. we've been married a long time yeah so when 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 he's quiet it's just like yeah all right well see you later please keep it down (laughs) pipe down over there (laughs) no one asked you to participate you were supposed to just be listening right got it okay yeah well and it seems like when you talk about accountable teams and dealing with real issues that that needs to be part of the discussion in terms of ground rules. Like we can't, this is not an edict from, you know, we didn't go up on the, on the mountain and get to bring down two tablets. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this is something we're building as a team. And if you're not going to be accountable to the discussion, even to work toward these things, then we have to talk about why you're not accountable to it. Right. So much, yeah. much easier just to pipe in, pipe up and don't make a, <laughs> Don't make us say, let's talk about why you won't talk. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. I'm excited for the next. Yeah. Yeah. So I am excited too. We're excited that everyone is along for us on this journey. We are, again, I'm going to keep repeating this until I know the answer. Yeah. (laughs) We're going to publish these updates on the second Wednesday of each month. Last month was a little bit late. Um and you're going to find our regular episodes on the fourth Wednesday of the month. If you miss them, or if for some reason, hypothetically, our schedule gets a little off kilter, you can always <laughs> find them right in our regular podcast feed. You've got it. Thanks for tuning in, friends. Be awesome. We'll see you next time. The Osmology Podcast is a production of Exclamation Services. Thanks to Nick Mulliver for sound production and Kylie Ganther for our cover artwork. Executive producers are me, Ben Bauer, and my friend, Suzanne Campbell.